Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My special guest this week is a gentleman by the name of Colin Mitchell, a four-time founder and the chief evangelist at Humatics AI in Los Angeles, California. Uh, meet Colin, a four-time founder passionate about sales, entrepreneurship, and of course, podcasting. Colin is the chief evangelist at Humantics AI, where they help sellers personalize the entire sales process to build more rapport and of course, close more deals. Colin is also the host of the Sales Transformation Podcast. He started with nothing, but managed to grow his first business from zero to five million in annual reoccurring revenue in only twenty six months. Colin, that's amazing. And welcome to the podcast, sir. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped up to to have a fun conversation with you today. That's great. I, I know you're really busy down in LA. Things are firing on all cylinders. So thanks for uh, taking the time on behalf of our listeners today. Thank you, Colin. Um, so a few questions for you that come to mind. How can sellers sell to the person and not the persona. I think a lot of us get mixed up with this. Yeah, it's it's easily to get mixed up, right? Because, I mean, it's uh, only one letter difference when you're spelling it out. Um, and, you know, a lot of sales organizations today are still teaching their sellers to sell to the persona. They have their ideal customer profile that they build out and they have their persona based marketing and, and selling. Um, and the problem with that is it's just not authentic enough. Um, for example, persona only goes so far. That might be a particular, uh, person with a, with a specific title, maybe in a particular industry, uh, maybe a certain company size. Um, and then maybe in some cases, people get a little bit more detailed or granular where they might say, well, also prospects that have, you know, this particular set of problems. And that might define, you know, who their ICP is. And then they sell to that persona. All of their messaging, uh, the way that they go about things is all structured around that. And the problem with that is it doesn't take into consideration the personality of the person at all. And so that's really what, you know, selling to the person means versus selling to the persona is taking into consideration the personality of the person, what they care about most, what their communication styles and preferences are, and tailoring the way that you sell based on that information. 
a wonderful uh, overview of that, uh, Colin, for sure. And I, I like how you started. It's not the, the persona style or method. It's just not authentic enough. It's too cookie cutter. It just, well, if you're a CFO, here's my CFO language. If you're, you know, the VP of sales, here's how I talk to VPs of sales. And versus what, what's your personality about? Like, what, what do you care about personally? And how do you like to be communicated to? I think so many salespeople miss the mark on that. That's a that's a big aha for sure. Um, yeah, and, can, and it, go, it's go not ahead. that expand. It, yeah, yeah, and it's not that the persona stuff isn't important, right? Because that's still important information, right? You, you you serve a certain particular type of people. They have you know certain KPIs that matter to them, um, but it's not personalized enough. It's not authentic, uh, like you said. Um, to, to their preferences, to their styles, to the things that they care about. And that's where personality insights come into play and, and where you can easily stand out by just tailoring some things that are going to be received in a better way to that particular person uh, and not based on what their job title or their industry is. That makes so much sense. So it's, it's, it's persona and personality, like putting it all together, taking you know, a little more preparation to understand who you're communicating with and tailor it and not one size fits all. There's many different sizes out there as there are personalities out there. Makes so much Absolutely. sense. Yeah. So another one for you, Colin, how can sales reps find prospects that they're more compatible with? Because we all have a personality. Yeah. Uh, I love this question because it's it's one that comes up a lot when people are starting to think about using personality insights in their sales process, or, you know, they're starting to use um, this information to tailor their messaging or to, you know, uh, adapt showing up in a different way to sell to their buyer the way that their buyer wants to sell. The challenge, the challenge, Ian, is that most sellers are always going to default to uh, their natural tendencies. And what those are, those are based on their personality type. And what that means is, is they're selling to their buyers the way that they would want to be sold to if they were on the other, seat, the other side of the table, if they were a buyer. And the problem with that is, is if you're not selling to a person that's just like you, in a lot of cases you're not, then that really isn't very effective. And so it starts with knowing yourself, knowing your own personality type, knowing your own, you know, um, things, you know, things that might be tough with you if you are a prospect or things that might drive you nuts, uh, which are things that should be avoided or the things that matter most to you. You know, I'll give you a couple of examples. Are you an ROI driven person? Uh, or are you a relationship-driven person? Those are kind of two of the big ones um, where those are two very different types of people. And so compatibility comes into play uh, because the enablement piece can be challenging for some reps here. And so there's a thought around not necessarily having all of your reps always changing how they do things, but pairing them with people that they're already naturally a good fit with. And so you can do some really interesting things once you get personality insights into your CRM. You can actually do, you know, you can throw out the old, ge you know, ge geography-based, you know, territory account 
uh, assignments. And you can actually put reps with prospects that they are compatible with, meaning that, uh, you know, they can be themselves and it's going to work really well. Uh, the only you know time that this gets a little bit tricky uh, is when you get into larger transaction deals or more enterprise like sales uh, engagements, uh, because in that in that case, you know you have multiple people involved and you can't control only getting all the uh, right personality types of people uh, in the in the room with you. That makes so much sense. On average, some of the, some of the research I subscribe to, Colin, is on average in a B two B sales situation, especially as you get more into the enterprise size. There's going to be three to five people involved in the decision, and certainly some influencers, decision makers, approvers, etc. And they're not all going to be the same. So we need some adaptability. I really like what you said about it. Starts with knowing oneself. And, you know, what, how, what, what drives you crazy when someone's trying to sell to you? And, and being aware of that, being sort of sensitive to that. And why not have psychology alignment instead of territory or geography alignment? Makes complete sense. And that's another level of, of, of uh, sophistication a CRM could help uh, serve a purpose with, is, is to do that level of uh, alignment. I really like what you're saying with that, Colin. Yeah, I mean, think about it, Ian. Have you ever been engaged in a sales process and, and you've had, you know, a prospect that you just you just felt like things were a bit easier, you just jived with them, and then maybe you've had, you know, some examples where you had prospects where it was just, you know, the complete opposite. It was just really challenging to connect with them. Absolutely. And some, some people, it, it goes back to, I think, when we were youngsters. Some people like to look at the pictures. Some want to read the words. And, and right there, it's, it speaks volumes for how people like to communicate. And uh, there's a whole lot to psychology, and I'm, I, I'm a big subscriber of it as well when it, it comes to relationship development. It's often overlooked by, by the average salesperson uh, in today's world. So personality, it's a big thing. How can personality insights impact the overall sales cycle, Colin? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is you see this stuff work really well when you have stalled deals. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen with the, you know, at Humantic with uh, the customers that we serve, uh, we're seeing organizations improve their close rates by anywhere from 6 to 7%, which doesn't sound like a big number, but it's actually very impactful on revenue. And you see the, where, where a lot of this stuff gets to get put to use um, is on your stalled deals. Everybody has stalled deals. And you can start to see, you know, with these particular types of people, what's really going to move the needle most to get the deal moving forward. And I'll give you a couple of, you know, examples. You know, if they're a high D type person, then you really need to be aligning your solution with their goals. And hopefully you did a good enough job in discovery that you've defined those very well. Um, you know, and then with, uh, you know, then there's some, some other people that are typically um, just don't move as fast. They're slower paced people. They're not early adopters. And so as much as that is not what a salesperson wants to know, <laughs> Uh, knowing that about your prospect is going to help you avoid some common traps, you know, like discounting. Eh, you know, people have different opinions about discounting. 
Um, but, you know, trying to discount, uh, you know, to the wrong person, uh, you know, actually goes really badly when they're a type of person that just moves slower and needs to move at their own pace. And it's going to feel very much like you're trying to pressure them to move forward. And so knowing that about your prospect and just having a little bit more patience, even though I know that's really hard, and, and I know that personally because patience is not my strong suit, um, but knowing that about your prospect and knowing that it's not somebody that you should use, you know, some of those sort of techniques on, uh, it is super impactful to, to actually get the deal to move forward eventually. Um, and, uh, you know, rather than potentially ruining your chances of winning it, uh, by trying to, you know, pressure them to move forward. Totally know what you're talking about from both sides of the desk for sure. And yes, stall deals, that's part of sales. And, you know, it, the best strategy is certainly not to offer a stalled deal a discount. I mean, that's not, some people take longer to make their mind up. I know detail-oriented people, uh, they, they need the facts, the figures, the futures. They love proof. They hate making, you know, uncalculated risks. So it can take some personality styles longer to get to that place where, all right, they've done their due diligence. Now they're ready to make a choice and move forward with, with uh, the person they're, they're selecting, for sure. And, and yeah, patience isn't usually in the sales rep vocabulary, but it should be because we can yeah. push deals off the cliff if we push them too hard. And all of that work we did before falls over the cliff with it. That's, that's for sure. So good advice, great advice, actually, Colin. You're, 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 you're spreading the gospel nicely for us here. But what can sales organizations do today? To get more done with less resources, we're all doing more with less in today's world. What are some of the some tips maybe you could share with us? Yeah, I mean everybody thinks that they need more leads, right? Or more, right. more sales reps, more leads, more more activities. You know, everybody has been you know been been uh, sort of tricked into thinking that like sales is only a numbers game. And I'm not saying the numbers don't matter, and I'm not saying that it's not a numbers uh, game because there is part of sales that's numbers, obviously. Um, right. But the art of sales is something that often gets overlooked. And when you can be more effective, more efficient um, with the prospects that you have, with the sales reps that you have in place by using things like personality insights that can give you an upper hand in the sales process, you see things, um, you know, like increasing your close rates by six to seven percent. Um, you know, increase increasing positive reply rates uh, by two hundred and thirty percent. Things like that that really move the needle uh, with generating and closing pipeline. Um, another big one is also personality insights. Um, can be, you know, once that information is in the CRM, you can do a lot of really interesting things. We touched on one, which was, you know, sort of compatibility with your reps and assigning accounts in a different way that pretty much not very many people are thinking about. Um, but another really interesting thing is one of my favorite business applications of personality insights is doing a win-loss analysis. And you can do this at a sales rep level. You could do this at a macro level for the company. And you can start to see some trends. You can see if there's particular types of people that are just mo you're more likely to win with, and, and what we've seen is some companies see some anywhere from a three to all the way up to a four hundred percent 
um, more likelihood of winning business with particular types of personality types, people that have a variation of a particular quadrant. And that's really fascinating stuff because what does that change for you as a business? Well, if you're, if you, if outbound prospecting is part of what you do as a business, or even if you just, for more of your, even if you're a more marketing driven company and you can target better, but this is a sales podcast. So we're going to say you do outbound prospecting. Well, you can put all of your efforts to only prospect to those types of people. And let's assume maybe you get some inbound leads as well. Well, you can, you can adjust your lead scoring to prioritize those leads that have those personality uh, traits that you know you're most likely to win with. So those are some things that can really move the needle for organizations that are trying to figure out how do we do less with, uh, you know, how do we do more with less now? Absolutely. It puts a real, you know, parenthesis on knowing yourself and knowing the customer. So instead of, you know, coming guns ablaze and qualifying, get to know the person, start to develop a relationship, try and understand their personalities and their styles. Because that's an asset that your competition is probably not looking at well enough. So I, I think that's music to every salesperson's ear, especially those of us who are out there hunting in the jungle on a daily basis for new business, for, for sure. So those are some great tips, uh, Colin, you provided with the, with the sales uh, world at large. Maybe, maybe some traps. So what are, what are some of the traps to avoid with certain types of buyers? I'm sure you've got some discovery for us here. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this is, oh, I always love to start here, right? We talked about starting with knowing yourself, right? That's kind of step one. Um, but, you know, I, I think for some sellers, a lot of what we're talking about today, you know, Ian, can, can feel a little bit overwhelming. So step one is knowing yourself. And then the next way to really just kind of take a bite into, you know, personality insights and, and, and layering this into the way that you sell to sell to the person and not the persona is first just knowing what things you need to avoid. Cause those are the big ones. Right. And so, you know, for example, I'll give you a couple of examples uh, with a D type, a high D type. This is a dominant type person. And it's not that relationships like totally don't matter to them, um, but they're less important. And especially in a business type, you know, relationship. So, small talk, building rapport, all of those things that a lot of sellers think needs to happen on every call and every, you know, early engagement, those things don't matter to a D-type. Um, so you'll want to avoid focus. You want to, you, you know, you want to, what you want to do is focus on the solution and how you can solve a problem or how you can align to their goals. Cause that's what matters most to them not building rapport and having small talk and talking about, you know, the family and all those other things or sports or whatever, you know, sellers typically do. Now, uh, to give you kind of the opposite example, um, with an I-type person, they care about relationships most. So in with those people, you know, building rapport, small talk, pleasantries, those are things that are important um, uh, to an I-type. So, you know, you want to have, your meeting have, you know, some, some, some banter, some small talk, um, you know, make sure you're listening well, building relationships with those types of people matter a lot. Um, so pretty much what I'm saying is avoid being transactional. Um, and then here's another thing that we talked about, Ian, 
Um, and this is really true with an S type. So an S type person, uh, you know, they are slower paced people. They're not early adopters. You're going to need to give them some space in their own time to come to their conclusion. And if you do your job right, they, they will. Um, but you want to avoid rushing them. So trying to create some fake false urgency or discount to close, um, that's going to ruin your chances potentially of winning them over as, as a whole. Um, and then with a C type, they're very buttoned up, very formal, very, very um, detail oriented people. So, you know, don't be vague, you know, explain yourself well, explain your points and your reasonings and things like that, because those are things that are going to matter most to those type, that type of person. Makes so much sense. And it completely aligns with psychology and it's something I've been a subscriber to for, for, for decades. It's knowing your audience. It's, it's knowing the person that's across the desk from you. And you're right. If you're in with a dominant type person, or I would call them a, a lion, um, they want to get right to the point. They, they've got 19 other ticks to get on their to-do list today, and you're in the way yeah. of their next tick. So let's get right to it for them. And some people like the flower. Some people like the flowery. Let's go for lunch. Let's go have a Starbucks. You know, let's play around a golf, and you build the relationship. And they value it. So everyone's a bit different. So I think one of the things you're, you're telling the sales world is be adaptable, but not blind. Listen and, and figure out who's, who's across the desk from you and tailor your communication accordingly. It, uh, instead of more, just do a better, more effective job with what you do have, and you'll get better close ratios. That's, that's for sure. So, Cole, I, I want to thank you again today uh, for spending the time sharing your wisdom with our, with our listeners today. Once again, my guest today is Colin Mitchell. Uh, Chief Evangelist for Humatics and uh, Humatics AI, sorry, in Los Angeles, California. Colin, thank you for spending the time. Before we let you go, how can our listeners best reach out to get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, the best place to get in touch with me is, is LinkedIn. I'm on there uh, very actively posting, you know, pretty much two to three times every day, uh, trying to help sellers and giving back to the sales community. Um, and, and also, if, 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 you know, anything that we talked about today is, is of interest to you as a seller, um, you can go to humantic.ai. Uh, you can download a free trial, no credit card required, run 50 searches for free, um, and start to put some of this stuff to test. The best place to really test this is like, any, you know, just to kind of start to get started is, you know, in your, any of your outbound prospecting or um, you know, any deals that you're already engaged with or even stuck ones, start to apply some of this knowledge um, in those sales conversations uh, and you'll start to see how effective it can be. That's fantastic, Colin. Free resource salespeople, get on that. Get on that right away. Once again, my guest today has been Colin Mitchell. Colin, thank you for spending the time with us today. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to Confessions of a sales pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins with Ian Selby.